not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Mike Renner. Back on the desk. Good to be back. What was your favorite conspiracy theory about where you were last week? I don't know. What were they? What, what were the people? What was the chat saying? I, I, people thought you got fired. People thought you were in jail. That's, that's probably the most reasonable one. You know, people thought uh, you, you'd fled the country. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people thought close. that, like, Seth beat you up. Maybe you were in Seth's basement, so he just took over your spot. No, I was, I was just visiting my parents in Orlando. No, nah, that's not it. Nah, that's not actually enough. We need more juice than that. I, I wish I had more to tell you. I played a lot of golf while I was down there. I'll say that. I, I didn't. I didn't hate that I was gone. Was Great place for it. But uh, I'm, I am very happy to be back, and I have a lot. I have a lot of takes that I've been stewing on yeah. for the last week. Yeah. You don't realize when you don't have like a platform to really get stuff out there how much just sits inside of you uh, boiling up. So it's going to be cathartic to get back. Well, yeah, well, we're going to be therapeutic for you. We're going to let you get it out. We're going to let you get all the takes. we got a lot to talk about from week nine in the NFL. As you guys know, it's a Monday show, so we're recapping all of what we saw from Sunday, a lot of the action that happened uh, yesterday. What's up to everybody who's watching the show? Appreciate you guys joining in here for a jam-packed Monday show. We're going to do what we normally do here on a Monday. We're going to have game superlatives. We'll talk about the game that we want to talk about the most. We'll talk about the ones that shape the playoffs, shape the draft, and, of course, get to the games that just didn't make any damn sense that we want to get to that kind of like Mike said we've got to get some takes off our chest because uh, we don't know what was going on we're going to have a fun green screen game at the end of green screen game there we go a little tongue twister uh, at the end of the show to have a little fun with some highlights of some players and some coaches who performed this past weekend but before we get to that let's introduce the guys in the production booth I'm calling it a booth now we're calling it a booth yeah. it's not the production suite anymore it's not the production room we're calling it a booth it definitely has never was a suite like, you know, by, like, sweet definition. But booth, it also doesn't feel like a booth. What, it's what bigger we, than a booth. Yeah, it's like a little yeah, bigger than a booth. Yeah, but I always want to toss it to the booth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it I like that. It just feels so natural. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I like a booth, like a, an announcer's. Right, right that's it, what I'm it's saying. It's probably about the same size. That's what I'm saying. Quinn, yeah. would you say that it's closer to a suite or a booth, though? I don't know. What do you guys think? Suite or booth? It's a walk-in closet. I, I think so. walk-in closet. Let's go to the walk-in closet. Uh, we'll call it a Beats Beat Laboratory. All right, Ooh, laboratory. we're going to talk to throw it out to the Beats Laboratory. Uh, Qu- my Beat Laboratory. <laughs> Quinn, you had to be happy from how your Bengals played yesterday, huh? Yeah, that was awesome. That was one of those games that, like, that was a very easy watch. Yes. Like, th- yes. they've been dubbed the Cardiac Cats over the years, and, like, that was very un-Cardiac Cat-like. It's true. I, I like, Burrow a- got benched in the – they pulled him in the third quarter because they were beating shit out of him so bad. <laughs> I have a take about that, though. A lot of people say, you know, like, nail-biters. As, like, a true – like, a diehard fan of a team that, like, nail-biters are the best games, like, last-second wins. I'm of the opinion that the blowouts are the most fun games to go to that oh, I've ever been to. 100%. Like, like when I went to the Giants-Packers uh, playoff game in 2016, I believe it was, or maybe 2017, whatever that one was, where they just housed them, had a Hail Mary at halftime, and it was over the whole second half. Like, those are the most fun ones because you get a whole half to just celebrate. Right. So, right. There's, yeah, no, it, there's no stress involved at all. You just know the win's coming. Yeah, y- yeah and you, like, you're halfway through the second half. You're like, okay, should I stick around for the 4 o'clock slate? Like, what are we doing after this? Whereas if, you know, you're – you're fighting with every play 
it's not always like yeah, that. Right. So right. no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Nico's calling it the production portal. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Alliterations. Everybody loves alliterations. We can work with that. Okay. All right. What's the question of the day to get us kicked off here? Uh, yeah. So we kind of touched on it. Bengals. Okay. Yesterday, Joe Mixon became the third active NFL player to score five or more Ooh. touchdowns in a single game. Who are the other two? Oh, shoot. I should have been paying attention on the broadcast. They absolutely said this yeah. on the broadcast, and I was not paying attention. I'm good. Uh, well, I know one right off the top of my head. The other one I'm trying to think. Who are the other two players that have scored five or more touchdowns in a single game? Well, nobody scored six, right? It's just five? I'm not sure. What Alvin Kamara against the Vikings, was it? Um, on maybe like a... So maybe like a Saturday game, or was it a Christmas game a few years ago? He had five or six. He, he had a ton. Um, I don't know this one off the top of my head. I do not know two. this one. Gosh. I was going to go four or more, but then I was looking at the there's list of active players that have scored four or more touchdowns. There's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, like there's, if you, there's a lot. If you haven't there's scored four touchdowns, are you even good? Yeah, right. No, you know? you're, you're a pleb. Yeah. You're an absolute pleb. I'm looking at the chat Probably because I, I'm, I'm looking at the chat. Don't look at the chat. I'm looking at it because I don't know. I don't have any okay. guesses. Nothing comes off the top of my head. A lot of people are guessing Kamara. He was, so he was that's that's got to be one of them. That's got to be the recent one. And then somebody, there's a couple of other guesses here. I don't know if I want to say them or leave them for the end of the show. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could... I don't. I want you to not look at the chat because okay, I well, want you to stew on it. Right, I just want you. I just yeah. want you to stew on it because you have a chance to get this one right. I have okay. no idea. I have no right. idea. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even got Kamara right. I didn't even think of that one off the top of my head. But there's a handful of, of guesses that now that I'm looking at them, I do think that they're right. So you got a chance for this one. Okay. They're notable players. All right, I'm thinking. You. You would uh, for the guesses that we have up here. Okay. All right. So that's the question of the day. Which players other than Joe Mixon have scored five touchdowns in a single NFL game? So that is our question of the day. Also, I have to shout out our chat champ from Friday, Mike. This user's name mm -hmm. is El Mucho Ding Dong. Oh, man, after my heart. <laughs> that was like my Xbox gamer tags back in college. I had like a string of like free accounts that I used to get, and they were all awful. I remember one was, I can't even say what they no, were. No, don't, they're don't, like don't, don't, don't out yourself too hard, because I'm sure that uh, back in the day they weren't, they weren't pretty. But it was funny because I was referencing El Mucho Ding Dong's comments on the show, mm -hmm. and then... This person called me out in the chat, and they're like, you're too big of a coward to say my name. <laughs> and so I did. I did on the show, and then obviously they were, uh, they were having a lot of fun in the chat, so they're our chat champ. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, El Mucho's in here. Is he? I, I didn't even see him here today. Got to get him in. Somebody's got to hit him up. Somebody's got to hit him up. Hit the notifications. Got to represent the chat today as we talk about everything that we saw in week nine of the NFL. Let's talk about some games per lives, Mike. We've... we've uh, Got a typical Monday that we do here, breaking these things up into four different categories. Mm -hmm. Game we want to talk about the most, the game that shaped the playoffs, the game that shaped the draft, and then the game that just didn't make any sense to us. Of course, let's always start with the game we want to talk about the most. You said you got takes, you got opinions, you got things you want to yeah. say. What's the game you want to talk about the most? It, this one's, there are a lot of good games, like the games that I would like to talk about, but this one because the Seahawks Cardinals, because I think this was really the first game, not maybe the first game, but like, this one really tipped it over the edge for me that Seahawks aren't just a feel-good story. No, it's not just a, oh, hey, wow, they're so hot. They're, wow, they, they caught fire to start the season. It's like, no, this is a good team. Like, this is a good all-around offense. Fourth in the NFL in scoring right now. Fifth in the NFL in terms of turnover differential. They are playing consistent football on the offensive side of the ball. They, they have 
a bevy of weapons, whether it's DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, Kenny Walker there, as you see at running back, that they can beat you any way they want. We've seen it throughout the year where they've gone run heavy one game, has gone pass heavy in one game. So this is an offense that, you know, we say around the NFL, like offense is what wins you games nowadays. There was a time where defense did, but being able to light up scoreboards is how you stay consistent in the offense. And I think we're seeing that with teams like Tampa Bay and Green Bay, who still have good defenses, but because of their offensive struggles, they're really not being competitive in the NFL nowadays. It's the high-end offenses that win. Seahawks have that. Not a lot of teams do. This felt like the Seahawks' perfect game. Now, when I say perfect, I don't mean flawless. Like you can't go into a game and think, and th- right, yeah. you, you can't go into a game and think to yourself like, oh, our perfect game plan is Geno Smith throws for eight touchdowns and 500 yards. Okay, that's not un- that's not realistic. When you look at these stats, though, if you had to predict a Seahawks win, if you would have told us the final score of this game, and you went, how the Seahawks win this game? It feels exactly what the script would be for this team. Kenneth Walker gets over 100 rushing yards, gets two touchdowns. Uh, Geno Smith. Almost 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. He had the pick, but like I said, like you can't just play mistake-free yeah. football the whole time. Tyler Lockett got a touchdown. DK Metcalf got a touchdown. Jordan Brooks led the team in tackles. Uchenna Nwosu had a sack. You also got a sack from Shelby Harris, Bruce Irvin. The only thing that was missing from this game was a Tariq Wool interception. Yeah, that was about it. Much. Everything else you could Start have checked off all the boxes of what you want to see from this Seahawks team. And that has been my point about the Seahawks for the last couple of weeks because I completely agree with you. They are not just this feel-good story anymore. This is a team, much like the New York Giants, that knows what they are. And they just play, as cliche as it is, Seahawks football. And if you don't bring your A game against them, they will beat you. They will beat you. And we've seen that with them. We've seen that with the Giants. If you don't play your best game, then this team knows their identity. They're not afraid of it. They're very confident in what they do, and they're going to beat you. So I agree, man. Dude, you look at the Seahawks, 6-3. and three, I mean, they could legit win that division. I, I would put them as the favorites right now. There we honestly. go. All right, so the game that I want to talk about the most, Miami Dolphins and the Chicago Bears. And I want to talk about this for both sides of things, but I'll start with the Dolphins. Brother, the Dolphins are an absolute house on offense. You and I did our power rankings for teams – couple weeks ago and I didn't have the Dolphins in there did you have them at five I can't remember did you, you I had them at five you had them at five mm-hmm. I kind of had a uh, number of teams that yeah. I could have had a number five I actually hit very non-committal answer from yeah, that was that was true <laughs> that was true it was a soft answer it was definitely a soft answer but if I'm redoing that now Dolphins are without a doubt in the top five mm-hmm. they can score with any team in the NFL you just said it offense is what wins you game in this day and age and this offense has been absolutely fantastic when you look at uh, EPA per play overall that includes rushing they're fourth in the NFL EPA per pass they're third in the NFL this is the stat that really stood out to me this is according to next gen stats Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, and Trent Sherfield all have an average separation of above three yards when catching the football. That's not just the talent that they have around them, but that just tells you how good of a job Mike McDaniel is doing scheming these guys up, getting them open, taking superstars, and making things even easier for them to produce. That's how we've got Tyreek Hill with over 100 targets, over 1,000 yards on the season already this year. Jalen Waddle's also sitting there in a the top five yardage, yardage mark as well. So, wanted to talk about the Dolphins, wanted to shout this out because this is a legit team now. They play the Buffalo Bills again this season. I think that's going to be a tight match. They could even win that game again. And then you're getting into a situation where 
This is a top-tier team. The mm-hmm. AFC is stacked. When fully healthy, I think the Bengals are going to be a problem. I know we're going to talk about that. The Chiefs, obviously, are the Chiefs. The Bills are a fantastic team still. But among them all, Miami has the ability to outscore any of them any given week, and it's because they're how they're deploying all their players, which is super impressive. Yeah, and I, I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm going to say that I told you so before the season, that Tua Tagovailoa was getting hated on for a handful of viral plays when his consistency from an actually perspective was, all, was far better than he was getting credit for in the national media. And as it stands right now, 10-plus yard passes this season. Highest accuracy rate of any quarterback in the NFL in terms of just like per throw ball charting. Highest or lowest percentage of off-target throws of any quarterback in the NFL per, again, ball charting. That doesn't really, that's kind of irrespective of how open the guy is. He's putting it on them consistently. And yeah, this is an insane wide receiving court. Like that, that was, a lot of quarterbacks would have success in it, but Ted Bridgewater wasn't having the success that Tua had. Skylar Thompson wasn't having success that Tua had because Tua, Extremely quick decision maker, gets the ball out on time, and very, very, very accurate with the football. That's just a recipe for success. And like you said, this is an offense that can put up points on anyone right now. When Tua Tagovailoa has been playing number one in EPA per play of any team in the NFL with him under center. This offense is tough, man. The defense side of the ball has got to figure some things out, as we saw. Defense is always up and down, though. You just got to yes. you, you just got to – you got to hit it hot, really, when you get into exactly. the playoffs. That's all, that's all you yeah. want. You want the, the offense yeah, the to be humming, but the talent is definitely there. I do want to say on the other side of things, Fields looks so much more confident than he was in the beginning of the year. Now, notice, I didn't say that he looks unbelievably better because the passing is still a work in progress. He's still missing guys. The accuracy is still an issue. But the thought of... You know, we did an exercise on this show. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears next year? And we kind of thought about it. We're like, uh, I mean, is it Fields? Or actually, the door is kind of open for it to maybe be somebody else. I think that door should be closed now because we're seeing what he's like when he is fully confident. And now you give that guy that we saw this week time to figure it out in the passing game. Bears offense scored more points than the Dolphins offense did yesterday. Yeah. Right? And, and it's just that's, – that's because they're playing with so much confidence. The passing game is still a work in progress. There's no doubt about it. But the confidence that Fields is playing with, especially now that they're getting him involved with design runs, you could see it on what, whatever it was, that 67-yard yard run where he was just leaving jaws on the floor with how well he was able to run the football yesterday. So that, that's an absolute weapon for them. You want to build around that. That's the kind of top-tier talent that you that – you, don't want to give up on that you want to continue to build off of so I wanted to give Fields a shout out too because he's been he got a lot of hate at the beginning of the year we don't need to do that now yeah it, he has and he's com- developed and it's why you give these guys time to develop I was you know hating on his play early in the year too because it was bad like it was legitimately no, it wasn't, bad he wasn't, was he no wasn't real, confident exactly there was no real reason to be encouraged by it but we're now seeing why and we're seeing it when they're finally taking advantage of his tools letting him use his legs, letting that be a weapon that teams have to account for, snap in and snap out, because previously he was an afterthought in terms of using him in the run game. They, mm-hmm. they were not utilizing that threat at all when he is special in that regard, nothing short of it. Like he's right up there with Lamar Jackson in terms of dynamism at the quarterback position that he just set the single, season, single game rushing record for a quarterback in the regular season. So yeah, Justin Fields, it feels like we were taking crazy pills early on when they weren't utilizing him in the run game. And last year when it's like that's his biggest, one of his biggest you know, weapons in his arsenal and you're yes. not even taking advantage of it. Yes. Now we're finally seeing why we were so high on him coming out uh, and why his tools 
everyone or a lot of people thought they were tra would translate despite maybe some deficiencies as drop back passer that you know we're still seeing gotta have it passing situations he's still up and down but man how dynamic he is at that position yeah it's just defense have to account for it so much i think coach the floor is so high i think coaches don't want to or are hesitant at least right off the bat to use quarterbacks as designed pieces in the run game because they don't mm -hmm. want them to get hurt, right? They don't want their quarterbacks to take unnecessary hits. But the reason why you draft a talent like Justin Fields isn't just so he can break the pocket and sometimes pick up a big scramble. Like, you've got to be able to get the most out of what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, so I think that's to put stats to it, over the last three weeks, 24 mm -hmm. design runs for Justin Fields had never had more than five in a game prior to the last three weeks. So it's like averaging eight a game over that span, setting career Great. highs and all those, it's like, Oh, and now he's looking good. And I wonder why. And we are seeing them reap the rewards. Uh, what's the game that shaped the playoffs here from this week? It was the AFC matchup. Titans-Chiefs, obviously, you know, the Bills also going down helps that. But Chiefs can kind of sneak back into that one-seed conversation that they're always in. I don't care what it is, but beating another team that's probably going to be a division winner in the Titans, uh, staying here at 6-2, I, I do think the Kansas City Chiefs, eking that one out when that was far from their best performance. They did not put their best foot forward on Sunday night. Getting a win like that, massive for them going forward. Man, I, it's, it's kind of crazy because I do agree with you. This isn't my game that I highlighted because I knew that you were going to talk about it. But in a game that shaped the playoffs, one of these teams won last night, and yet I was super encouraged by both of them, right? This is a game that shaped the playoffs because if you go up against the Chiefs, you're going up against the house, right? Yeah. You're going up against one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the NFL. If you go up against the Titans, you're going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL. I, what Mike Vrabel does with this team is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to win coach of the year, but holy cow, I was watching last night, you know, as they were still up on the scoreboard looking like they were going to win before Mahomes did his thing. I was like, we, should, we need to legit start talking about Mike Vrabel as coach of the year. Look at this team. Look at where they were. Look at how much he gets out of that defense. It felt like they knew exactly what the Chiefs were going to call, where the Chiefs wide receivers were going. There were so many times when Mahomes was just sitting back there behind the offensive line. He was looking left. He was looking right. Ain't nobody open because they know the skill sets and they know the tendencies of all of these players. That is, that's coaching. That's study. That's see, approach. See, I had a different takeaway, though, in that I think this was the Titans showing that they're just not going to compete, that they're not capable of competing because you couldn't do much what? better. What? You couldn't do much better than that, and they still lost. Yeah, but you know, it, yeah, like but that's, that was the perfect game for them, but they're just never going to put it together offensively. You have Derrick Henry getting whatever he wants on the ground, 115 yards. You have Malik Willis going for 40 yards on the ground. Like You ran the ball well mm -hmm. when they knew you were just going to run the football, but they still can't compete because they don't have the talent at wide receiver to do so. So I, I, I do hear what you're saying there, and that ultimately would be the one point that I would make alongside you. But I don't, I don't want that to sit here and think and make it look like, oh, like they can't compete. I certainly wouldn't go that far. Malik Willis had one or two dimes down the sideline and a couple of those go balls where yep. if the receivers just come down with them, that, this is probably a Titans win. We're probably talking about the Titans winning. Now, to your point, that is the deficiency at wide receiver yeah. talent. But if you play, they went into Arrowhead. They went into Kansas City to face the Titans. And they, they punched them in the mouth basically the whole game. And Mahomes did his thing in overtime. Like I said, if you catch one or two of those passes, mm -hmm. Titans win that football game. So where wide receiver talent is an issue, I think that you can still win with this team in the playoffs even against some of the best. I worry. I, we have the stats of the wider series. The right margin now. for and, and error is, is low. It's because the stats from these wider series is so insanely bad. You just look at 
dead last in targets this season, catches this season, yards this season, touchdowns this season, broken tackles, and explosive plays of any wide receiving core in the NFL. Dead last in all those. Look, it's not good. And it's not even close. They have one broken tackle after the catch among their entire wide receiving core. That's unfathomable. That's, that's half of A.J. Brown's receptions. He's, he's breaking at least one. Like they, they, they are desperately missing anyone on the outside that can separate. And just today's NFL, that's your ceiling. That was your ceiling right there. They got, they got a little bit of time to figure out. Obviously, Traylon Burks was not there. You're hoping that his presence would be a little bit better. But uh, a, a big takeaway from that game, as a lot of people are going to be talking about, is how in the world did you let A.J. Brown go? Like, how did you not come to a deal? Because yeah. if, ti- if this Titans team has A.J. Brown, yeah. what do they have, one loss this year? Maybe. Yeah, I think that would be, that's pretty accurate. Right? One or two, two losses at least, because if they would have had A.J. Brown last night, they would have won the game. So, pretty crazy uh, that they weren't able to get that, uh, that done. Since you were highlighting that game, I highlighted a different one. Game that shaved the playoffs, it was the Bills and the Jets. Obviously, the Bills lost that game, so any loss that they accumulate goes towards that number one overall seed. That definitely shapes the playoffs. But, dude, the New York Jets. This, speaking of defenses that showed up, man, they have one of the best cornerback duos, young cornerback duos. I'll, shoot, I'll just say one of the best cornerback duos. I don't even throw, need yeah. to throw the word young in there. Ian Reed and Sauce Garner on the other side. The front four playing really well right now. Quinton Williams is a constant disruptor every single season. They've got a pass rush specialist, Bryce Huff, a awesome. undrafted free agent out of Memphis from 2020 who is just on fire. He's got a 25.4 pass rush win rate. The only, I'll say, like notable name, like the big guys at the top, that have a better pass rush win percentage is Miles Garrett. Bryce Huff's playing less snaps. It's more specialized opportunities. But still, man, this dude's getting after the quarterback. He's doing exactly what he wants to. Going into this week, okay, so this is before the Bills win. The Jets had a 64% chance to make the playoffs. You know that's going to be in the 70s after picking up a major win against the Bills. And they had the 23rd toughest schedule remaining, Bills included, as one of those opponents. You get that out of the way, all of a sudden, the Jets have a 70-ish percent chance to make the playoffs and one of the easiest schedules in the NFL moving forward. Now their toughest stuff kind of does come up next. They've got a bye week, and then it's the Patriots, it's the Bears, the Vikings, and then the Bills. They get out of that 2-2. Two and two. This team is going to be on a road to the playoffs, man. I never thought this was going to be the case with the Jets this year, but my hat is off to what Robert Sala is doing. So this had to be a major game that shaped the playoffs, not just because the Bills lost, but because the Jets picked up a big one and they looked for real, especially on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and doing what they did to Josh Allen, they made him look more human than anyone's come Truly. close to doing yeah. this season. So it's not just – it's that they're loaded – kind of everywhere, and especially along the defensive line in that they can bring in, like you said, Bryce Hoff, not even a starter, bring it in, he can get after quarterbacks. Jermaine Johnson, not even a starter, he can get in and get after quarterbacks. They have backups on that defensive line that would be starting for a lot of teams in the NFL, and that's how you have to do it, right? It, if you don't have the one elite guy, the one Aaron Donald, the one Miles Garrett, loading up on as many guys who can you know, possibly win their one-on-ones at any given moment, can also get you a dominant D-line. All right, what's next? What's the game that shaped the draft? Game that shaped the draft, I guess we have to talk about it. It is the Packers at the Lions. Packers now, 3-6 mm. and six on the eighth overall pick Safe in the space upcoming here, draft. Safe Highest they here. would have drafted since, I believe, 2006 when they drafted A.J. Hawk, unfortunately. Uh, no, I love A.J. Hawk. But Green Bay Packers, they had me looking up how the – 
contract for Aaron Rodgers would do oh, yeah. via trade yeah. this morning. Cope. That's how bad things have gotten. Cope. How much they were going to have to, how much a cap hit they'd take What'd you to trade out? him. What'd you find out? Uh, I found if they post June 1 him next offseason, it's reasonable. Okay. They'd take a big hit, okay. like somewhere way over $30 million in the next two seasons, but then it's uh, you know, not completely decimating their cap. And at this rate, their next three games, I believe it's the Cowboys, Eagles, blanking on the other third one at the moment. They'll be not, they will not be favored in any of those three games. If they go to 3-9 and nine, heading into the game against the Chicago Bears, it might be Jordan Love time. It, it very well might be Jordan Love time at some point this season because Packers just toast. Look at Aaron Rodgers' stats here versus man coverage. This is the biggest thing. They do not have the guy when you're lining up one-on-one -on -one across the board no. that you're going to trust. Look at how diabolically different those stats are. 1.197 was sixth in the NFL that year. 0.238 was top five last season. He is bottom five in 2022 among starting quarterbacks against man coverage in EPA per dropback. And that's what he, that's like Aaron Rodgers' calling card is decimating man coverage because he's so deadly accurate, because he can put the ball wherever he wants to. He just doesn't have the guys to give him the windows at this point in time. It's not looking good. Packers no. schedule, by the way. It is Cowboys. They're hosting the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. They're hosting the Titans. Okay, there you go. And then it's at Philly, oh, yeah, there's no at case. Chicago. But then it's hosting the Rams, and then it's at Miami. So. this I mean, that's three guaranteed losses there. Probably four guaranteed losses. Lamar Jackson to the Packers. Should mm. we get that? Rumor. Do they, would they, would, you would say they that my heart up. dropped because I forgot the trade deadline has passed, and I thought that you were just very mm. casually dropping that in on the show for us to discuss. Um, <laughs> that would be. Nice. What it's, I don't. I, I have no idea what the future is going to hold for the Packers, dude. What did you make of the reports that they obviously were in the Claypool sweepstakes? We already kind of knew that before the deadline, but then after the deadline, it was reported that they went after Darren Waller, didn't get anything done. And then they offered a first for DJ, for DJ Moore. Moore. Like, that's, that first is going to be a top number, 10 pick. That's number eight overall. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, that's desperation. And I can't believe the Panthers wouldn't take that at this point. We, yeah, we'll get to the Panthers. But, we'll get to um, the Panthers. Yeah, the Packers, it's, it's teardown time. They don't look good, man. Um, you know, I think we listen to a lot of these broadcasts and play-by-play and -play guys. And, you know, for example, the Bucks. I think a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Al Michaels who was saying it. No, it was on Thursday Night Football against the Ravens. He's like, ah, you know, there's just there's a lot of inconsistency with this Bucks team. And it's like, no, there's consistency. It's consistently bad. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what it was. It was just, it's, it's not an inconsistency thing. They are consistently bad. That's what it feels like with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers aren't this inconsistent offense where it looks good one second and then it looks bad the next second. They're just bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just the bad. And now losing Rashawn Gary, man, that's... Not good. Nail. Nail Not, good. Not good. Um, game the shape of draft for me. Las Vegas Raiders. Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, the Jags getting back in the win column. That pushes them further from the top of the draft, which, look, we like to see it. I know the Jags probably aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Jags fans are probably like, oh, well, let's just get the highest draft pick we possibly can. But nobody wants them to be picking in the top three for the third year in a row. It's just not what we want. They're going in the right direction. I have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson and where that team is going with him. I think Trevor Lawrence started the game a little shaky, like that toss pass that ended up being a fumble for as much as people are blaming it on Hasty not catching it, like, it felt like Trevor Lawrence was almost like pump faking. Like he was just like trying to, I don't know, man. It was, it looked so unconfident. And I was like, it's going to be a long day for Trevor. But he rebounded, which was nice. Obviously, Travis Etienne's a fantastic story as well. Flip side Raiders suck. Um, Josh McDaniel was in trouble. 
I don't know if he's going to get fired after the first year as a head coach because that's kind of a wild thing to do. There's not a ton of precedence for it, but they cannot figure it out. NFL and CBS, the Twitter account yesterday tweeted out, most 17-point comeback losses this season in the NFL. Raiders have three. The rest of the NFL combined has two. That's coaching. That's mm-hmm. 100% coaching because the Raiders got off to a really good start. You see Derek Carr and Devontae Adams' stats in the first half of this game. Derek Carr had a 77.8 passing grade, had over 200 passing yards. Devontae Adams had an elite 93.4 passing grade. It was 9 for 9 on the targets that he got. Had almost 150 yards in the first half. Second half, Derek Carr had a below 50 passing grade. It was 44.5. Only completed five passes for 36 yards. This is the entire second half. Devontae Adams' grade obviously tremendously dropped as well because of it. Caught one of eight targets for zero yards. That's a collapse, man. That is an absolute collapse because it's not even like they weren't doing what they should have been doing. They were targeting the guy. They were targeting Monte Adams. They just couldn't convert. Couldn't happen. Couldn't get open. Couldn't make anything happen. We already knew that the Raiders' defense was going to be very up and down this season. That was kind of to be expected. But we were, we were, we were told, we were sold on Adams being back with the Raiders and that offense really taking the next step, that being able to propel them to a level where they can pick up their defense most of the weeks. They can't. This team's in shambles, and they're headed for a top-five pick. Yeah, and it goes back to one of the biggest things we say here about team building is knowing where you are as a franchise. And the Devontae Adams trade, the Chandler Jones signing, that looks horrible in retrospect, were just moves that – Showed the Raiders didn't know where they were as a franchise. Did not, they overestimated how close they were to competing drastically as a franchise. And I think they're going to pay for it over the next few years because it's going to be difficult to bring in a, too much talent through that doors with the contracts they now have on yep. the books. Yep. Last one. What's the game that didn't make sense? The game that didn't make sense was actually the Bengals-Panthers game. The really? fact that the way it won. Now, them blowing them out made a lot of sense. But... The Bengals running the ball at will against what was a top five run defense in the NFL going into this week in terms of EPA per play. The Bengals were a bottom five rush offense going into this week in EPA per play and had the single highest EPA per play per rush of any team this season in any week this season. That was did not make any sense that the Bengals all of a sudden just came out and punched them right in the mouth. Obviously a great sign if you're a Bengals fan in this offensive line how they or is it? Because this is going to be tempting now for Zach Taylor you know, to yeah. the ball. That was my thoughts, exactly. <laughs> you know? When That's it's good, good when it's, like good, it's point, bad. Actually. The cynical fan, yeah. when it's good, it's bad. Mm. But it, it just, that didn't make sense. Anyone, anyone would have come out and said, oh, yeah, Mixon, 150, five touchdowns. You would have been, you laughed in their face. But that's why... I, that's why you play the games. You know, a sneaky part of this for the Bengals, it doesn't have to do with the draft or anything, but it does have to do with the playoffs. Bengals are a team that they're still hoping that they can win their division. Uh, they're 3-1 and one at home this season, and their only loss is that Steelers game at the beginning of the year where Joe oh. looked absolutely terrible in the first yeah. half, which they should have won anyways. So they were very close, maybe a coin flip, you could say, <laughs> making the kick from being 4-0 and at home this season. You go back to last year, including the playoffs, they're 6-1 and one in their last seven games at home. Home field is becoming huge for this Bengals team. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was watching them put it on the Panthers. I was like, I feel like every time Cincinnati's at home, they're playing incredibly well. And you look at the way the AFC playoffs are setting up right now. Dolphins are surging. Bills dropped another one. Jets are sitting right there. 
if the Bills end up not winning that division, maybe there's a chance that the Bengals are matched up against him in the first round, right? Mm. And if the Bengals get home field because they win that division, all of a sudden if you're playing the Bills, that game gets a lot closer than I think anybody would have expected, especially after they get Jamar Chase back. So home field advantage could be really huge for the And, and they do Bengals. play end of the season, week uh, 17. Do they? So, yeah. You're in Cincinnati, so. I, uh, I got to stop you guys real quick. You thought I was fucking with you earlier when I said Lamar to the Packers. I'm not fucking with you now. Frank Reich, gone. Yeah. No. He's fired him. Yep. That one's on wild. That one, we, you called it. You said he waved the white flag when he benched Matt Ryan. And it's, it, and it's, it's difficult. Hard, it is difficult to watch Sam Ellinger the past two weeks and say that they made the right move if they were trying to actually, like, you know, win games this season. Yeah. Um, now, obviously – they were dead in the water no matter who they were starting. It just wasn't as good a football team um, as it needed to be. But the problem, the problem is, and I think that this is an indictment on the team building with Frank Reich and, and um, Chris Ballard, that offensive line that is one of, if not the highest paid offensive line in the NFL, is the reason why they're losing. So, like, they went into free agency, the draft, team building, everything, and set up things in the trenches the way that they wanted to, and now that is literally the Achilles heel of their team. And it's really hard after you go through also veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback to now have it look the way that it did this year, so much so that you already benched Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. And it's just that that, it's, it's hard for Reich, an offensive guy, to overcome those kinds of woes. And I feel like he's... I didn't think he was going to get fired here in the, in the middle of the season, but I'm not saying that this wasn't the move that should have been made eventually. So maybe they're just they're trying to get ahead of the curve. With it's that. difficult really to say who was the man pulling the trigger for the decision they made at quarterback in recent years. But if it was Reich, it's hard not to put him on the chopping block then because they've well, been so there? disastrous at the most important position, trading a first-rounder for Carson Wentz. That, that did have Reich's fingerprints all over it, obviously, yeah. him coming from Philly to Indy, getting the guy he had there, yeah. and the crashing and burning as bad as it did, them missing the playoffs. That ultimately comes back to him if it was his call for, for them to bring in Wentz and then Matt Ryan and then both to not pan out as poorly as they did. Someone did have to pay for that because this is a, this is a tough football team right now. What did somebody say about Ursay? Somebody said something about Ursay. Um, oh, Cole said, not sure, is in the chat. Cole's not sure the Colts will get over the hump as long as Ursay continues to be involved as he has been. Um, we also posted Frank Reich, a W or an L for the Colts firing him. Uh, more, ooh, more L's than W's. People given, oh, a lot of people just want Ballard fired. They're saying it's an L because Ballard should be out, too. I don't know if Ballard's going to get out. The Hallard has been coasting off that 2018 draft for... Yeah, let's look at the cold draft. Okay, 2018. Quinn Nelson, Shaq Leonard, Braden Smith, Kamoko Ture, Taekwon Lewis, Naheem Hines, who they don't even have on the team anymore. They traded. Um, Fantastic draft there, obviously, though. Yeah, but then no, that was since a good draft. Then, the next year, three second-round picks turned to Rockison, Ben Banigou, Paris Campbell. None of them... Even one on the football field. Obviously, they traded Rockerson away. Next year, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Two really good picks. Julian Blackman's also good. Quite a bit better, but then the next year, Quidipe, Dio Odeyingbo. Quidipe's good. Solid friend of the show. I, look, I, I just think there's there's only so much that you can mm -hmm. that you can do when you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. When you've been the general manager this long, you have to take a legit swing at quarterback, mm -hmm. or people are going to start to get impatient. Oh man. 
Chris, last time Chris was in the studio was because the coach got fired. So is Chris here? I yeah. feel like that should be a that should be like a, uh, a reoccurring yeah, thing. Every time a head coach gets fired, Chris drops in and gives us his take on it. But oh man, unfortunately, you can see this one coming. That's a bummer. That's definitely a bummer. Uh, last game uh, that we got in superlatives, the game that didn't make sense: the Rams and the Buccaneers. Both these games, both these teams stink. I thought it made perfect sense. Based the, on how the, they these, played all year, that was exactly what we saw. Stink, man! It yeah. didn't. It still doesn't make any sense. Why? Did, did you hear Jeff Darlington's report before the game, where they talked to the people in Tampa and they're like, "Yeah, we're not running the ball, and the re- or we're not running the ball well, and the reason we're not running the ball well is because we don't run it enough." Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Makes you think. Running game was still bad last night. In fact, the most the most indicting thing that I saw in the Bucks' run game was, Mike, I don't know if you caught this during the game. At one point, the Bucks were in third and two on the Rams' three-yard line. So three yards just mm-hmm. to get in the end zone. The Rams were playing too high. The Rams were playing too the high. Out of the back of the end zone. Safeties were in the back of the end zone. Because they didn't fear any part of Tampa's run game. Guess what they did? Ran it. Guess what happened? Nothing. Didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, so that's not great. Uh, Brady, obviously, a, a vintage Brady kind of a comeback. But both these teams still stink. It was great to see Tampa's defense kind of turn the corner. I don't have any faith in the Rams. And, in fact, I did want to bring this up to you because we talked about the trade offer the Packers had. Brother, what are the Rams thinking? Two first-round picks. And a, and a second-round pick for Brian Burns. Yeah. I watched this team yesterday. If you at any point could have told yourself that they were one Brian Burns away from all their woes going away, you're nuts. Mm-hmm. I, th- Brian Burns' pass rush feels like the least of their worries. Torrey Lewis is playing well. Aaron Donald's obviously a freak. Guys in the front seven are playing well for, for the Rams. And you almost offered three top 50 picks for Brian Burns. Brian Burns can play O-line? Brian Burns can run the ball? Brian Burns can catch passes? No, no, and no. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they're paying for nuts the strategy. Nuts. Because yeah, but I can't even understand the strategy itself. Yeah. D- that move. Oh, that would have been insane. Yeah, and that's but that's committing to their strategy Wild. long after it's Wild. gone through its usefulness. You know, this needs a reset at a lot of different positions, especially the offensive line, because. You've invested, I believe, the least amount of draft capital in the last seven years in the offensive line because you just haven't had draft capital. You know, it's not crazy that they haven't, but they just have not had the picks to draft offensive linemen, and they're paying for it by having no good offensive linemen. <laughs> you know, like yep. that, that they were getting propped up by Andrew Whitworth playing until he was 40 a lot last year and being useful still at an age where no one else has been useful in the history of the NFL. Losing him. It's just turned this offensive line to a house of cards. We got a little, uh, we got a little best of the rest here. But before we get to that, on the flip side of things, Carolina saying no to this deal, dude. I, oh, I was the biggest advocate of don't trade Brian Burns, mm-hmm. but that, that's nuts. But them even being farther out picks helps them. Would have helped them. Who? The Panthers would have helped the Panthers because right. those are going to be high picks. Right. Like let's be real. Right. I, I think McVay's going to call it quits after this year maybe next year or you know take a hiatus whatever yeah i think it's because there's no there's nothing coming through that door that's going to fix it at this point that's why they're so desperate to get brian burns is just to get keep sean mcvay there probably right to try to prop this roster for anything which is a problem as is things in carolina side where the only thing and other people have said this before but the only reason why i think you say no to this deal is because scott fitter doesn't have confidence that he's going to be making the picks so instead he's getting a, a he's getting 
rid of a really good player and he's not even going to make the picks for exactly. it. Exactly. That it, you cannot have a front office that is operating like that. Mm-hmm. If your GM is on if your GM does not have the job security to take the trade that the Rams offered you, make the change anyways. Get somebody in there who's brand new. You're yeah. not in a good place. Exactly. So, wild. Oh, it's all wild. What about the rest of us? Give me a shout-out real quick one on a game that we didn't have as a superlative. I just wanted to quickly give a shout-out to the Chargers because they're 5-3. and three. They've kind of eked by with Justin Herbert ailing, playing the worst, one of the worst stretches of football of his career over the last four weeks. They're still 3-1. and one over that span, even with Herbert not really looking, obviously, at his best. So, them still being 5-3, and three, firmly in the mix. Hopefully, they can get back healthy at some point this season and be ready to compete, but still holding their head above water when a lot of teams have started to, you know, downslide or not been dealing with injuries to win games. Chargers deserve a shout-out for being able to do so. Um, I want to shout out the Minnesota Vikings. 7-1 and one on the season. Um, and I think that a lot of people felt like they were going to beat the Commanders, but it's the way in which they beat the Commanders that I want to shout out. What has been our thought, overall thought, of the Vikings over the last couple of years? Good team, good roster, Kirk Cousins a good quarterback, but when things don't go well, when things really crumble around him, when the pressure mounts, mm-hmm. Kirk kind of goes into his shell, right? Yesterday, complete opposite. Under pressure, this is under pressure for Kirk Cousins yesterday against Washington, in which they were down, mind you. 78.5 grade, passing grade under pressure, three big time throws, zero turnover worthy plays, 15.2 average depth of target, and a 66.7 adjusted completion percentage. That under pressure, folks, those stats are damn good yeah. for any quarterback under pressure. So Kirk really took a shot at the narrative that he cannot be a quarterback who operates when things are not going well for him. And I love to see that from a team that we know is going to make the playoffs because of their record. Oh, yeah. That's like the third or fourth game this year where Kirk's kind of gone out and won it for him. That, that was the M.O. throughout his career was he is almost a ancillary piece of the town around him. He is a direct conduit of what's around him. If everything's going well, he can play well too. If things are going a little bit haywire and they're not really, it's tight down the stretch, he's not going to add and rise above. Whereas this season, it seems like it's been the opposite. When the chips have been on the table, Kirk Cousins showed up. So obviously has to deserve some love for this hot start the Vikings. Ooh, quick, quick question from the chat. Philip asked, who would you take the Chargers or the Jets in the playoffs? Who do you think is going to make it? Chargers. That's so tempting. I think it's the Chargers too, but I think that's just off of like priors. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'd take the Jets at this point. I'm going to go Jets. Uh, DJ said McVay will be next Alabama's next head coach after Saban leaves. Damn. Nathan saying McVay is about to pull a Sean Payton and just leave. So they're agreeing with you there. Man. TJ says McVay's in the booth next year. Guys, I don't think it's going to be next year. I don't know. I, I mean, there's rumors that he definitely wants out. That's, but that, that, is a, that, that is a reckless trade that they offered. Reckless. There is, I, I, I respect teams going all in on a winning window. But my God, man, if you had that, when Sean Payton, or Sean Payton, when Sean McVay left, that means the core would probably be gone. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, most of those guys would be gone as well. What's left on the roster? It would have been it would have been the worst organization in football, no question about it. Yeah, I mean it could have that could be two top ten picks. Wild, wild. All right, let's refresh the timeline. A couple of you guys uh, referenced a couple of these tweets already at the top of the show. The first one, Mike, this was a shout out to your Packers. 
Lil Wayne himself calling Aaron Rodgers out. Did you see this tweet? Yeah. RIP of the season because Lil Wayne's, Lil Wayne's a Packers fan. He's also a Saints fan, but whatever. We'll let that slide right here. RIP to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 before the season. Ooh. Damn. It's, it's hard to, I mean, he's correct. They should have, in retrospect. If they had deals on the table for even what the you know, Seahawks got for Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. you know they'd they be did. in a better spot. You oh, know they, they did. did. And they did. They definitely you know they did. did. Right on number two. Um, so, very unfortunate. I, I will say, it's not like Rodgers himself looks depleted physically, you know, ability-wise. Yeah, like he, he, he looks frustrated, though. He, yeah, he definitely is just <laughs> frustrated, and he's making dumb mistakes that are born out of that frustration. And if he were in a better situation, I think he could still get back to the level we've seen the last two years. It's just that situation at walking through the door in Green Bay anytime soon. So it will be interesting to see if, one, he still wants to play after this year. Yeah. Two, he's benched at some point this year in favor of Jordan Love because Jordan Love they got to figure out what they got at some point they, they do have to know going into at least next offseason when they got to make a fifth year option decision on him whether or not he's even close to looking like a starter in the NFL let's let's be real though Rodgers has 50 million reasons yeah to want to play football next year but then that the other one being would he accept a trade to someone else after that contract saying he wants to retire a Packer would Colts. he want to go elsewhere whether Colts. it is Indy whether it is uh, I don't know who else would even be on the market. You know, you know, it would be funny. I don't know about funny. Maybe it would be mm -hmm. smart. Raiders get rid of Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Raiders Go get back. Aaron Rodgers. So it's Rodgers and Adams Rogers again, and Adams but again. it's in, but it's in Las Vegas. I would. I mean, if you're trading Derek Carr back to the Packers, I'd say no. But elsewise, yeah. God, look at how look at how fast Eli is with the uh, with the topic bars, getting the picture of Little Wayne in there. Absolutely vintage. Got in the chat. Little Wayne's absolutely in shambles. Damn. Lil Wayne is also cooked, much like Aaron. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, come he's on. Not, no, he's not like oh, Whoa. That's correct. He's not even close. How old is Lil Wayne? He's not that Not old. as old as you think. He's like 36, maybe. I would have guessed 39. Yeah. I would have guessed 39. All right. Uh, next refresh timeline we got. I give a shout-out to Kirk Cousins. Whole team is giving a shout-out to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> when he was dancing on the plane. I don't know if you guys saw this, but this is uh, – <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this one. I'm pretty sure Kirk's the only one who's shirtless. Or is the guy next to him shirtless? That's the one where Kirk goes back to his wife and he's like, sorry, babe. I, I, like, I didn't realize that was going to be filmed. Like, I was just, I'm, just, I'm just joking. What do you mean you didn't realize it was going to be filmed? Everybody and their mother know, had the like, camera out. He didn't realize it was going to be like posted on like social media and go viral. He's I like, love it, man. Sorry, I was just trying to do it for the, the boys. I, I, love I it, promise man. I won't. Kirk, actually. It was just a team-building exercise. Yeah. Uh, he balled out. I absolutely love to see it. Last one, Chase Claypool. This one was – I felt bad for Chase Claypool on this one because they were – I think it was ESPN was doing the pregame broadcast and they were showing Chase Claypool and they were doing a uh, look And how about the debut of Chase Claypool as a Chicago – Oh, that's Ooh, not, that not right, what that we want to see good. today. Okay. Yeah. Little I feel bad for him. That's Man, she's trying to warm yeah. up. Man, she's trying to warm up, and that rep gets on national television. A little different so. than the OBJ warm-ups there that you see before the game. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Dave, Dave Solfaro said Kirk cuz him. Mm. Mm, that was okay. It's not the best one. It's not the best one. TJ said, what a tool. Come on, TJ. He's having fun. Football's fun. Come on. Captain Spock with the Captain Kirk shout-out. Yeah.
<laughs> Ryan said, get those high knees going. God, we gotta, we gotta let the, come on. Gotta let the high thing, high knees thing in. Uh, all right, you wanna play with this green screen game? Oh yeah, do it. All right, cool. Um, I think you're up first. Quinn, right. does it matter who goes first? Uh, no, you guys can figure it out. I just, real quick, I wanna go over the rules here because we did this last week. It's okay. gonna be a little bit you different. You walk over there. Um, 30 seconds per round. If you only get two guesses per round this time. If you get it in the first 10 seconds, uh, you get two points. If you get it after that, you get one point. Okay. Um, if you don't get it, zero points. The only other thing that stays the same from last week, uh, no proper nouns, right? So if it's right. Bengals, can't right. say Cincinnati, can't say Ohio, obviously can't say the answer. Um, but, yeah, let's go. Okay, so if you guys joined us for last time, we want you to shout out the answers as well. See if you can get it. How we're going to do it is I have a stat that I will go off of that I will give to Mike, and he's got to try to get it with just the stat. And then if he doesn't get that, like Quinn was saying, within the first 10 seconds, then I can kind of open it up. And, and, and it's a player, notice. correct? It is a player or a coach or a team. Okay. I think it could be any of those. But I'll specify with the stat okay. who it would be. It should be, okay. So, hold on. Let me, let me pull up the stats for yours. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> Show them on the screen. Okay, so the stat for this one. His team won 20-17 to 17 yesterday. There were three teams that won 20 to 17, but his team was one of them. If you can guess it, obviously you get the extra point. It, it's a player or a coach? It's a coach. It's Robert a coach. Sala. You got it. Let's go. Wow. He got, got it. it. Nice. He's the most photogenic one. Two That's points. Why. That's good. That's good. All right. Two points there. Okay. Next one. Uh, all right. This player had 153 rushing yards and 58 receiving yards yesterday. It's a player. Joe Main Mixon. There it is. There it is. Two points. Mm. Damn, he's putting the pressure on me. This is not good. This is not good, chat. This is absolutely not good. Okay, uh, next one. Okay, time to throw was 3.21 seconds, so he held on to the ball a lot. Two passing touchdowns, one interception, and his team lost 20-17. to 17. This is a quarterback. Time to throw. 3.21, two passing TDs, one interception. Oh, man. Team lost 20. Time. Damn it. <sighs> you, got to, well, you got the 20 seconds now. You go 20 seconds. Uh, our nation's capital. They represent. Uh, Taylor Heineke. There it is. God damn there it. it is. There it is. There it is. He got it. I knew he got it. Stuck on Josh Allen. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, last player one, and then there's a moment. There's yeah. like a moment that we'll get to. Okay, what's the last player one? Oh, okay. This player had two sacks against a really bad O-line, and his team won the game last night. Winning team, he got two sacks, played an awful O-line. Oh, um, Chris Jones. No, Chris Jones. No, it was not Chris Jones. Time, uh, so you got 20 seconds and one guess left. Uh, you were in this state this past week. Um, the team played a late afternoon game. Uh, was it? Oh, so it is uh, one of the uh, Vita Vea. There it is. Oh, got Vita Vea. He got the point. He got the points, folks. He Vita. got the point. All right. Uh, the last one. This is a moment. This isn't a player or a team or a coach. This is a, this is a moment that happened yesterday. Okay. Oh, God. How am I going to explain this? Okay. Um, different. There's, I don't know if you saw this, different television angles, uh, and this, this. Sky can't fall. There, there it is. Yeah. Okay, yes. Whew. 
See, nice. I came to nice. Nice. That was good, man. Bang. Nailed it. He nailed it. He nailed it. He nailed it. Swapping? Yeah, we're swapping. We're uh, swapping. Uh, so you got, you got eight. Damn. All right, come get some. Man, this is bad. This is bad. I'm going to get like three. I'm going to get three. Right, one second. All right. Let's rock. Let's ride. All right. Uh, that's not a hint. That's not a hint. Him. He's him. Um, he had, went for 109 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, Kenneth Walker. Bang. Hit it on the dot. Let's go, baby. Two. All right. There we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. See you next. Ooh. He had one fumble lost, 235 oh. passing yards, and won the battle of two and six teams. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Yes, sir. Let's go. Starting off with two, B. All right. All right, two for two. All right, this guy, 80 passing yards, 40 rushing yards, five completions. Oh, uh, Malik Willis. Yeah, that was as a layup. Whoever wrote that one, I love you. Layup. All right, last, last player one. Okay. Two picks on five contested targets. Two, so two interceptions? Yeah, he had two interceptions. Like a quarterback or a defensive player? Def defensive player. He had five, two, two picks. Who had two picks yesterday? Time. You got 20 seconds. Oh, man. Ooh. Um, so I got two guesses. My first guess would have been Kobe Bryant. No. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah, He's um, a basketball player. He was a basketball plays, player. Uh, That's on me. That's on me. In the Motor City. Um, oh, um, Kirby Joseph. Yes, sir. Let's go. Yes. Yep. Got it. All right. Last one. The moment. Last one. The moment. Why did I guess Kobe Bryant? Oh, he's shirtless on a plane. Oh, Kirk Cousins. There you go. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you like that? Oh, that's what I should have gone with. All right. We got one more round. One more round to do it. One more round of guessing. You're up by one. I've got them all. Let's go, baby. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pulling them up, pulling them up, pulling up the hints, pulling up the stats. All right, let's do it. His team lost, and they only scored three points. Oh, my God. That can't be a better hint than that. blanking on this. And it's, it's, so it's a coach, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's a coach. It's a coach. Oh, the fuck was going three points? Um, so, time. Is he not coaching more? Frank Wright. He did, right. He got it. Did he get it at the buzzer? I don't know. Are we giving that to him? Nah, that's a, that's a one player. Okay. I technically didn't give him another hint. So. We also made that before the. Uh, <laughs> right. <now. laughs> we weren't necessarily accounting for that. Okay. All right. What's the next one? So, you got one point. So, what's the official call? One point for that one? All right. Yeah, one point. Okay. All right. What's the next one? All right, this player ran for 178 rushing yards and had a long of a 61-yard run. Justin Fields. There it is. There he is. He's back on track, folks. Back on track. Okay, what's the next one? Uh, this coach's team won 15-9 to yesterday. You should get this. Uh, it's Dan Campbell. There. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Two-pointer. Steely Dan. Okay. Um, Hit the coach. Once. Yep. Yep. Last one. Last player. This is a player. 150 receiving yards, which is the most in the league yesterday. 
Um, and his team averaged 9.4 yards per pass attempt. I'll go with Tyreek Hill. That is it. That's a good, that, that's a good one there. So, oh, all right, uh, one more. This is a moment. This is just a moment. Um, I played this a lot this weekend, and Kyler Murray also Modern enjoys Warfare. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> I got that one quick. Kyler Murray yeah, also Kyler Murray enjoys just. this one on his spare time. If Kyler Murray comes up, it's like green suit, modern warfare. I, uh... Oh, you gotta know. I actually, one of my, cla- one of my classes in Call of Duty, I named it the Kyler Murray class. So, uh... So it's just what I think mm. that Kyler would run in the game, honestly. Mike, yeah. you got nine there. Oh, there so what am, I, what am I up? What do I need? You need eight. You need You're eight. up one right now. Okay. All right. I need eight. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yep. Round two. Let's kick it off. What we got? Oh, here we go. Uh, his team won 32 to 31 in a huge upset over the weekend. 32 to 31 in a huge upset. On over Saturday. The- oh, um, shoot, my family. Oh, Brian Kelly. All <laughs> right, there's one. Okay, there we go. Damn, I should have known that. I was blanking on Saturday. I was so NFL yeah. focused. All right, next one. Yep, got the green screen popping. <sighs> All right, here we go. Uh, 146 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns in a loss. Devonte Adams. Correct. Woo. It's good. All right. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Hey. Uh, 129 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns on 28 carries in this AFC battle. Oh, it had to be, it had to be Derrick Henry, right? No. Oh, damn. Um, plays. Time. This, one guess left. Plays the state you're from. Uh, oh, is it Travis Etienne? Correct. Ah, oh, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. I thought for sure I was going to get that with Henry. Can you look? Can you look really quick? What did Henry have? He get one fifteen. Damn. So yeah. I was close. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Last one here. Yep. 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 Got it up on screen. Four sacks in a winning effort. He had four sacks. Was it Matthew Judon? Correct. Ooh. Good get. They had. I think they had what nine or ten sacks as a team. Is embarrassing yeah, from the Colts. Truly embarrassing. All right. Last one's a moment. Last one's a moment. Okay. Ooh, this was the embrace of the weekend. Oh, it was Byron and Tom coming yep. together, going embrace. through the emotions, <laughs> getting the I big win. I love that you win. were on the green screen, like right in the middle of it too. It made that was too perfect. Saving the season. <laughs> Did I get eight? I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I can't. Yeah, you, you got eight. Let's go, baby. Oh, People in the chat were saying that uh, that you, my hints were better than yours. Oh well, I didn't even have hints to give <laughs> no 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 no. i'm saying like i had like my stats were more telling than oh yours okay. were. so people were ah. people were uh they were giving you they were giving you they were giving you credit for it okay all right well hopefully you guys enjoy that i enjoyed it because i won of course yeah. uh let's get the people out of here with some monday night football bets okay we're talking spread we're talking over under and we're talking to player prop between the baltimore ravens and the new orleans saints tonight Mike, the spread on this one, I believe it's Ravens, point and a half still. So as the road team, mm-hmm. they're favored by a point and a half. Who are you taking in this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints at home. Mm. I really love either of these teams at the moment. But 
Uh, yeah, let's go with the Saints. Well, PFF Green Line, you can check it out right there. You can see that on the PFF app. If you have an Apple device, go to the Apple Store and download the PFF app. You can see all the betting tools that we have, like the one that's on the screen. It's giving you an F for that pick. Mine's not much better. I'm taking the Ravens. Gives me, gives that's me, why I, me, I don't really love either D, side. But uh, I got faith in the better team, so I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, even though I do give respect to games that are in New Orleans, mm-hmm. how the Saints play when they're at home. Mm-hmm. I'll still take the Ravens. Over-under is 46.5 or 47. It's kind of been fluctuating between those two numbers. We have on here 47 is our total. So you're going over or under this one? We're going under that one. Okay. I'm banking on the Saints front seven playing a little bit better than they have late. I'm going, uh, I'm going over. I'm going, I'm going over on this one. I think that we're going to see some sparks fly in this game. Mm-hmm. I know that it's not the healthiest Saints team. They're not as rolling the way that we thought they might be, especially with this offense. But I, I think that we're going to get a decent offensive output for both these teams. I really do. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the over. Plus, I just want to see the over for sure. What's a player prop that you're betting on? I'm going Alvin Kamara under four and a half receptions. Roquan Smith. Under. Oh, Obviously yeah. playing a factor. In mm. that. Okay. I'm going to go Andy Dalton over four and a half rushing yards. Just need one scramble, baby. Just one. Just give the man a little space. Red Rocket will get out there, and his legs will do the rest. That's what it's Red Rifle. Show yeah. some respect. Red sorry. 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 Red Who's Rocket's we, we have, what, do we, do what Marvel does. Oh. <laughs> when you pat him on his stomach. So maybe that's it. So maybe, that's not, maybe that is a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Red Rifle. That is, that is. Sorry. Sorry. I disrespected. I disrespected Cincinnati Bengals great. Andy Dalton. Even though it wasn't meant to be disrespect. Sorry to Quinn. Sorry to all this. Good prop, Vegas, though. He's man. a sneaky good athlete. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. That's why I'm trying to give him props there. Um, you, you bet Alvin Kamara. That's a good segue into our question of the day. Who are the other players who have scored five touchdowns in a single game? Joe Mixon did it this past weekend. Who are the other two who have ever done it? I was thinking about a lot. The one I came to was Austin Eckler. That's my guess. I can't necessarily remember when, but for some reason I feel like he did. Ooh. But, I think he had so, a four touchdown game. So those are my two guesses, Alan Kamara and Austin Eckler. But I, I, I don't feel great about the Eckler one. Okay. All right. Who was the, the chat on? The chat was saying um, overwhelmingly Alvin Kamara was one of the guesses. But a couple people said Marvin Jones. Did he have five? I know he had four in a couple. Um, and then Jamal Charles was another guess that a lot of people had. He's not active. But he did. Jamal Charles hadn't played football in a few years. Active player. No, it's active. Because I know LT scored like six back in the day. And I think that was the record. So yeah, a lot of people said Marvin Jones. Okay. Who are they? I don't know. Only Quinn could tell us. Alvin Kamara is one. He had six. Okay. Was he here last year, two years ago? He had that six yeah. touchdown game. The other one, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. He had that five touchdown game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't And then recall. obviously Joe Mixon. Don't yesterday. Yeah. yeah. All right. There were a couple of people that guessed Jonathan Taylor. Do, do we have a chat champ for today? Did they? Did we have somebody who guessed it right? Yeah, Matthew Gibson. There it is. Did he get it right? Did Matthew get it right? Yeah, he got it right. Twice chat champ. Taking the crown from El Mucho Ding Dong, who did get in on the chat. I saw him get in on there. Chat champ had arrived. So um, taking the torch. Matthew, fantastic job on the question today. Fantastic job in the chat, as always. Yeah, a, lot of, a couple of people were guessing Eckler, actually, with you. <laughs> Roy got in the chat and yelled, Frank Wright got fired. Yep, we, we, did, uh, we did hit that earlier in the show. But, um, Mike, first, game, first, uh, first show back, how did it feel? Good, man. Knocking the rust off? Glad to be back. Very glad to be back, yeah. Of course. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, hopefully you had a good time interacting with us as we recapped everything that we saw from Sunday's Week 9 slate. We... 
we cap it off with a Monday night football game tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow we're going to get into a lot of your favorite segments, one of which being Dogs of the Week. So Mike gets to give his Dogs of the Week. Hasn't been able to give off his takes in that way in far too long. Mm -hmm. It's been two weeks. So you know that Mike's going to come ready for it. You guys come ready for it as well. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Mike Renner. For everybody in the production portal, thank you guys so much for watching It's Just Football. We'll see you right here at 11 a.m. tomorrow. See you guys then. It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, then we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.